welcome to another episode of Fishing Without Bait. I'm Jim Ellermeyer, where we offer people an opportunity to live life without expectations. The Fishing Without Bait is a metaphor for going through life without setting definitive expectations and setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment. And today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, my friend and producer, Mr. Mike. How are you doing today, Jim? Oh, I'm doing just fine, Mike. I was uh, thinking that quite often when people talk about meditation and when they talk about mindfulness, uh, what images come to your mind? Oh, I'm thinking uh, meditating and Indian-style pose and the Buddha and monks, maybe. Absolutely. Many people come to mind. So who is a representation of mindfulness, I guess, in the world today would be the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. uh, so quite often we think of the crimson and with the, the, the uh, saffron robes or with bald-headed men uh, right. on their knees going mm, all day surrounded by thousands <laughs> of candles, right? Right. So how, how often do we do a great disservice to other philosophies and other faiths? And when we talk about one person who has perhaps, again, shaped, uh, shaped the world history and shaped world destiny, perhaps like no other. And that would be, that would be the Bible's Jesus. Mm -hmm. The Bible's Jesus. So tell me, Mike, have you ever thought of uh, the Bible's Jesus and a mindfulness perspective? You know, I think about turn the other cheek and, and re responses. And, but that never really dawned on me to be a mindful kind of thought. Sure. Well, let's uh, let's just take an examination. Let's let's look at the, how the Bible's Jesus started his ministry. The Bible's Jesus started his ministry after a forty-day fast, right in the desert, where he meditated and he prayed. And what's what's prayer but meditation and seeking seeking a higherness, seeking either a light within or asking the light to come within you. And during that time in the desert, he was tempted by the devil. When really, we can also look at it in another way, where the devil was the ego. When the devil would ask him, you can turn uh, stones to bread if you're hungry. You can create all the kingdoms in the world. You can be, you can be anything you want to. Uh, so what the Christ was doing during that desert could possibly have been dealing with a deflation of ego. Mm -hmm. Okay, when he was ready to go out into the world and and preach the news. So who did he gather about him? Who did he gather about him? Did he gather rich people? Did he gather uh did he gather the, the famous, the influential? No, the, the disciples were very um uh, common people, I believe. Absolutely. So what he did, he probably gathered twelve of the most uh, hard-headed, obstinate people, uh, perhaps on the, on the face of the earth. <laughs> Which are because about every instance is about one of them or all of them doubting him. Absolutely, so that's exactly right. They were they were always doubting him. They were always they were always worrying. So what happened? What happens is when when people begin to worship their own thoughts and their own desires. Do we not? When we often say, when we speak of if uh, the spirit or God or the creator, when we speak of uh, it's God's will, or this, then we presume that we know God's will, don't we? Yeah. We presume, we presume that we speak for God. Does anyone speak for God, Mike? No. Does anyone speak for the creator? No. Abs absolutely not. So what some, of the, what some of Jesus' sayings were, he was always saying, be still. He was always saying, be still. Be still. And know that I am. Know that I'm the door. Know that I'm the way. Know that I'm the truth. And what Jesus was, I believe that Jesus was talking about, was finding the door and the way and the truth to your inner self. 
to the, to the sense of peace and happiness that comes in your life. So let's take a look at uh, in the in the Bible where in Luke chapter ten thirty nine when Jesus was visiting two sisters, Martha and Mary. Well, Mary was scuttling about. Martha was scuttling about, trying to get everything prepared, all the food, and Mary was sitting at the feet, listening. And Martha came out and asked Jesus to scold Mary, and tell her to, "Hey, help out! Get 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 with the program here! Help your sister!" And Jesus said, "Why don't you sit down? Why don't you sit down and listen? Why don't you? Why don't you?" He encouraged her to avoid to avoid envy. He encouraged her to avoid anxiety. What was he always telling Peter? Why are you worrying? You talk about time travelers. These, these apostles were the greatest time travelers ever. These guys were always in the future. They lived their lives in fear. They lived their lives in fear. So after, after Jesus' uh, crucifixion, what did these guys, what did these fellows do? What did they do? They ran and they hid. They lived in fear until they became awakened. In in the Christian philosophy, it was they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Buddhist philosophy, they would have been awakened. They would have been enlightened, would they not? And then then they had no fear. They had no fear. I would like to I'd like to everyone out there to read the New Testament again. And look at it through an eye of mindfulness. Look at it through the eye of Jesus. When he, he's constantly talking about worrying. And when he says that the, that the Father, the Creator, takes care of the, 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 the ravens and the sparrows, why, don't, why would you assume that it's not, you're not going to be taken care of? Why are you worried? He was caught, Peter, oh my goodness, this guy would have been in front of a psychiatrist for years. Uh, I've been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. Jesus was constantly admonishing him. What are you so worried about? What are you worried about? Uh, have you ever heard the Sermon on the Mount? And what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask everyone out there to reread that. And one of the things that Jesus said was that the eye is the lamp of the body. And if, you, and if your eye is healthy, your body will be filled with light. However, if your eye is unhealthy... Your, your mind will and your body will be full of darkness. So in the ancient world, the, the eyes were viewed as lamps, okay, that let light in. So what we're talking about is seeing our inner self, being present and aware. And quite often when, we're, when we worship our own thoughts and we worship our own desires, can we ever, do we ever get our own desires, Mike? No. Do we ever, do we ever actually fulfill our egos? Absolutely not. So what we do is we, we live we live a life we live a life of darkness. And this is what awakening awaken. Jesus was truly awakened. He was awake. He was right here and he was right now. So mysticism is really nothing more, more than seeking a direct experience of the divine. Seeking a direct experience of the divine. It's a, it's all it's all about mindfulness. So Quite often, and uh, the Apostle Paul, when he writes in his letters, one of the things that he said was that faith in God uh, regarding the future is expressed as love in the present. So Jesus was always talking about the present moment, okay? Always talking about not time traveling. So the future is expressed by love in the present. 
which correlates to our previous talk about, about giving yourself loving kindness, is it not? So, what did Jesus do? He called people to spiritual awakening, did he not? He called people to be awakened, to be awakened. He also said that this is the appointed time. The business is at hand. Let yourself be charged from within. These are, these are, these are the words of Jesus. Okay? So, what is, what's the most important thing to do at all times is to, is to seek the happiness. What, what is one of the most important gifts that a parent can give their children? A parent's own happiness. If parents are happy, what generally is that modeling behavior for the children? To be happy as well. Right. So when we talk about Buddhism and we talk about compassion, we talk about great compassion, we talk about loving kindness, what did Jesus spend his whole ministry doing? What did he do? Talked about love. He talked about love. What else did he do? He healed people. He made the blind see. The lame walk. He rose people from the dead. He fed, he fed the starving people, did he not? And he preached what he called the good news. The good news. What is good news? What, what, what would be good news for you, Mike? What would be good news? That I'll be taken care of. <laughs> that, uh, that my ailments will be, will be solved. Absolutely. So did, did Jesus kill anybody? Nope. Absolutely not. Did he mean to harm anybody? Nope. Did, did Jesus gossip? Nope. Right. So who did he who did he surround himself with? With the poor, the marginalized, the outcast. The Bible's Jesus speaks 184 times in the New Testament about an individual's responsibility to the poor, to the marginalized, to the sick, to the imprisoned. 184 times. Do you think he meant it? I'd say so. When the Buddha talks about the highest form of enlightenment being a compassionate being, do you think Jesus was a compassionate being? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So my thoughts out there for everyone is to please don't put your blinders on. We've talked about the expert's mind before, have we not? So when we talk about the expert's mind, we talk about a horse race with blinders on it. We talk about a person walking through with blinders. So if you walk through your life with just the blinders on of, of Buddhism, perhaps that will do you wonderful. My thought and my hope is that everyone out there can have a beginner's mind and see the beauty in Buddhism, see the beauty in, in Christianity, see the beauty in the Jesus' talk, see the beauty in his message, see the love and the compassion that he spread for everybody. And in the future, Mike, what we're going to do is we're going to continue this series, and we're going to see how all these faiths are interwoven. We're going to be exploring Judaism. We're going to be exploring Hinduism. We're going to be exploring exploring Islam. All these things are together. Mike, we're not, we're not all that different. We truly are. So until next time, I remain with you, your friend, Jim. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. Fishing Without Bait is a production of Namaste Holistic Counseling, D.C.